The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. I'm excited that you're here today because we are in week three of this series called Be the Church. We don't just go to church here at Coastal, we what? We are the church, that's right. And so we are talking about the most influential, countercultural, and enduring organization in the history of the world, the church, the church. Now, the original Greek word used in the New Testament that we translate as church is the word ekklesia. It means God's called out ones. And uh, so every time you read the word church in the, in the Bible, it is typically the word ekklesia. But what's really interesting about the New Testament is there are actually a whole bunch of other words that are used in reference to the church that are a little bit more descriptive than ecclesia. For instance, in the New Testament, uh, the, ch- uh, the church is called uh, a body, a bride, a city on a hill, a lampstand, a flock, a fellowship, and uh, that's just a few of the words that are used. But perhaps the most uh, descriptive word, most powerful word in the Bible to use uh, to describe the church is the word family. Family, hence the uh, the song we were singing during the welcome and greet, we are family. Anybody know who that's by? Sister Sledge. The church is a family. The church is a family. Ephesians 2.19 puts it this way. You, talking about believers, you are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's what? Family. So I want you to underline those two words for me. Uh, God's family. God's family. The Bible says that the church is God's family. It is basically all the people, both alive today and those who have gone on before us, who have put their faith in Jesus Christ. And because of that, we have been adopted into God's family. That is the church. We are a spiritual family. Now, the thing about families, though, if we're being very honest, is that families aren't always perfect, are they? They're not. In fact, raise your hand this morning if your personal family, your blood family, you guys put the fun in dysfunctional. Raise your hand. You're a little, just a little bit messed up, okay? A little bit messed up. Now, most of your hands went up. If your hands did not go up, you are a liar, and um, I cannot believe that you come to church today and you lie, but because all of our families, they're all just a little bit messed up, a little bit dysfunctional, but you know what? They are our family, right? So we love them, and that's a part of who we are. Now, the church is a family, but it isn't just any family. It is God's family. Now, even though it's God's family, the church isn't perfect either. Why? Because you and I are a part of it, right? Because you're not perfect and neither am I. Yes, you know, I mean, we're not just a congregation of saints. We say we are a, (coughs) excuse me, we're a hospital uh, for sinners. We're a hospital for sinners. The church is where broken people come to meet the love of Jesus so he can begin to put their lives back together, and that's all of us. It it, it is where empty people come to be filled up with the Spirit of God and the grace of God. In fact, let me just say this. If you're here this morning and you claim to be perfect, 
you can leave now, okay? Because you're going to mess it up for the rest of us. You are. Because the church isn't perfect. Although, you know, all of us, including you and me, even though the church isn't perfect, we are still in need of a spiritual family. And that's what the church is. It's my spiritual family. Now, why is that important? I mean, you know, if, if you're a Christian, why is it important for you to be a part of a church? I mean, why can't you just kind of, you know, go through life by yourself and, you know, rely on those relationships, you know, that you make over time at, at work and school or, or in your own physical family? You know, seriously, why do you need a spiritual family? Why do you need a church family? Well, that's actually an interesting question, and a lot of anthropologists and social scientists have been looking into that in recent years. In fact, according to a New York Times article by Stanford professor T.M. Lurman, being a part of a church actually has huge benefits for your life. Now, this particular professor doesn't claim to be a Christian, but she was curious as to what happens when people start attending a church. So she summarized several major studies. Here's what she said. One of the most striking scientific discoveries about religion in recent years is that going to church weekly is good for you. Religious attendance boosts the immune system, it decreases blood pressure, it may add as much as two to three years to your life. In other words, she's saying, you actually live longer when you attend church. Now, think about that for a second when you use those Easter tickets that are inside uh, your bulletin in the, in the seat pocket in front of you, you can literally go up to your friends and say, hey, come to church with me. You might just live longer if you do. Isn't that pretty cool? In fact, this morning, by the way, we have those tickets available for you again. They're in your bulletin. Scott, I, I put my bulletin down there. Will you uh, run up those tickets to me in the, the bulletin right there? Um, yeah, here we go. So these Easter tickets are inside your bulletin. We also have some that are sitting in the seat pocket in front of you. These are not for you. These are for you to give away and to invite people to come to church. Next Sunday, we're going to have some yard signs for you as well. But uh, take these home. If you need some, we've got plenty back there uh, at the kiosk. Okay, so then the scientist continues. She says this. A study conducted at the University of North Carolina found that frequent churchgoers had larger social networks, more contact with, more affection for, and more kinds of social support from those people than their unchurched counterparts. We know that social support is directly tied to better health. So, what's she saying? She concludes that scientifically speaking, okay, attending church makes you a happier healthier person, and leads to a longer life. You're welcome. Okay? There you go. So, you didn't know, right? All these benefits by coming here this morning. But here's what I want you to understand today. As great as that is, there, there is so, so much more that God wants to bless your life with through His church than those things. Spiritual benefits that you will miss out if you're not a part of a local church family. Now, here's what I think. I think a whole lot of people miss out on uh, 
on what God wants to do through their lives, through a church family, because basically they're kind of keeping the church at an arm's distance. Now, maybe you're here today and you have never really been a part of a church family before Coastal. So this is all kind of, you know, kind of new to you. And as a result, you've kind of hesitated a little bit uh, to really get committed, you know, to go all in. And listen, you know, hey, I'm the pastor, but let me tell you something. At first, that, that's okay. I mean, we, we kind of expect that. I mean, it's, it's okay if you want to, you know, check out a church, you know, make sure it's legit. You know, we haven't brought out the snakes yet or anything like that. You know, you were wondering, you know, make sure we're not one of those churches. And, and that's all fine. But after a while, it's time for you to get connected. You know, or maybe sometime in your past, you were a part of a church and you got burned. You got hurt. And uh, listen, that breaks the heart of God. It breaks our heart. And because of that, you're a little bit hesitant. You know, you're taking it slow. Because it's hard to trust. And I want you to hear this loud and clear too. That, that's okay as well. I mean, that's, you know, that's a part of it. I get it. We get it. But I want you to hear this too. Don't let a past experience keep you from experiencing all that God wants you to experience here and now. I mean, don't let your past keep you from your future. You know, or maybe uh, you've been coming here for a while, and uh, honestly, you're, you've just been more of a consumer than, than a contributor. I mean, you know, you come on Sundays periodically, you know, when nothing else is going on, nothing else has your attention, but you're really not that committed or connected. Now, here's what I want you to understand today. God has so much more, so much more that he wants to show you and give you through his church family. If you'll only just give it a chance. You know, wherever you're at and whatever your reservations are, I promise you, being a part of a local church family is far more than you think it is. So, for the next few minutes, I want to talk about several reasons why you need a church family. Now, there's a lot of different reasons, and uh, I just want to give you three today, okay? So if you're taking notes, pull out your, uh, your little outline inside your bulletin today. Let's, let's talk about this. There are many. Here's three. Number one, I need a place where I can grow. I need a place where I can grow. You know, it's interesting that uh, studies have shown that by the age of around 24, okay, around 24, our body's cells actually begin to deteriorate far more rapidly than they are being reproduced. Okay, now think about the implications of that for a second. So at age 24, right around there, you know, give or take, your bodies are beginning to deteriorate. That means physically speaking, at around 24, 25, you're actually over the hill. 
you know, it's not like when you're 40 or 50, you're almost in the grave then, no. Um, but physically speaking, around 24, 25, you're going downhill actually. Now, how does that make you feel? Now, it's true, um, you know, let me illustrate here a second. You know, when, when I was around, let's say, 18 years old, okay, if you said to me, hey, Chris, run over there and get that for me, okay, it might, might not be fast, but I could, I'd take off and go running. I could, I'd, you know, nice little sprint, little jog right over there, get it, whatever that thing is, and I could run right back. I'd take off in a sprint. Now, today, at age 51, if, if my wife, Janet, and I are walking down the street and somebody steals her purse, before I chase after that guy, I got to stretch. I mean, like, I'm like, okay, you know, you know. I mean, if I don't stretch, I'm pulling something. I mean, I love my wife, but it ain't happening. I mean, I'm, something bad's going to happen. Um, why? Because my body is deteriorating. Now, that is a tragic but true part of the human existence. Physically speaking, at a certain point, your body is dying. Now, but here's the great good news. You ready for this? Intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually speaking, your body can keep growing. You can keep growing. You know, you you can expand every day for the rest of your life, I mean, spiritually, emotionally, intellectually, until you take your last breath. I mean, God created you and I to be spiritual beings with the desire, the need, and the ability to keep growing, to grow closer and closer to God, to become more and more like Jesus. 1 Corinthians 13, 11 says it this way. It's like this. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child does. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. He's talking about growing up spiritually. Again, think about it. You know, I mean, it's really cute when you see a little, you know, a little toddler, you know, in a diaper, walking around with a little bottle. I mean, that's, that's really sweet and really cute. Now, it's not so cute or sweet if you saw me at 51 walking around in a diaper carrying a bottle. Okay, now I know that image now has been burned into your mind and you need to go throw up. But um, that'd be pretty gross, right? I mean, in fact, if you saw that, literally saw that, you would think that something has gone wrong with my what? My development process. Something has happened and I've stopped growing or maturing. Now, let me tell you what's really sad. And you see this all the time. To see someone who's been a follower of Jesus for five years, 10 years, even 30 years, and they are still the same person today that they were when they first said yes to Jesus. They've not grown up. They've not matured in their faith. I mean, sure, you know, you're a Christian, you're going to heaven, but man, you've, you've missed out. You're not experiencing everything that God has in store for you. 
Now sometimes, sometimes I think one of the reasons that happens is because you have separated yourself from a spiritual family. Now think about it. A child, without the nurture and love and support of a family, we call that, uh, that person an orphan. And in, in some ways, that uh, you know, has stunted their development. Um, it stunts their growth, not having a family. Now, a Christian, a follower of Jesus, without a church family, is a spiritual orphan. And it stunts your spiritual growth. A church family helps you and pushes you to grow spiritually. It is not something that you can simply do by yourself. You need a church family. You say, well, but, you know, there's people and it's hard and it's, you know, there's not perfect people and it's messy. You're right. And it is in, within all of that that we actually grow up. It's where you actually get to live out the fruit of the Spirit because you have to learn to be patient and loving and kind and all those things. Acts 2.42 talks about the early church and some of the things they did to grow. We've kind of mentioned this in the series a little bit. It says this, they joined with the other believers. Okay, hear that. They, they gathered together with the other believers and then they devoted themselves as a group to what? What's it say? The apostles' teaching, fellowship, sharing in the Lord's Supper, communion, and prayer. At Coastal, 2,000 years later, we still do those things. We, we make our very best effort to make sure that you receive solid biblical teaching every Sunday. Every Sunday, we try to apply, we, we try to open up God's word, apply it to your life in very practical ways so that you can continue to grow and mature and become more and more like Jesus. You know, fellowship, spending time with other believers. You know, one of the ways that we do that here at Coastal, of course, is through our life groups. You know, and, and, and that's, it's a great way to, to meet other people in the church and to continue to grow in your faith. He mentions here communion, the Lord's Supper. There is, there's something powerful and life-giving about gathering together with your spiritual family and being reminded each and every Sunday about the sacrifice of Jesus and what he did on the cross for us. He mentions prayer here. I said it earlier, at Coastal, we believe in the power of prayer. We pray for one another. Every Sunday, we encourage you to, like I did earlier, just to, you know, to give us your prayer requests, to share those on the back of your Connect card. If you're watching online, you can share it there. And, and on Monday morning, all of those prayer requests, we get a list. It goes out to all of our staff, our pastors and elders, and our prayer team. When you write those prayer requests down, we take them seriously. Prayer is also a very important part of all of our life groups. No matter what kind, no matter what type, they pray together. And then on Sunday mornings, we actually have people at the end of both services who are ready to pray with and for anybody in need. We believe in the power of prayer. You know, probably one of the best ways that you grow in your faith at a local church is by serving in ministry. The world calls it volunteering. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about that today, because that's going to be our focus next week with our ministry fair. I mean, it's going to be awesome. You're not going to want to miss it 
and uh, make sure you're here, and we're going to have a lot of fun. But listen to this, Romans 12, 4 and 6, it says this, just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are all parts of his one body, and each of us has different work to do. And since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, you belong to me. Go ahead and do that. You belong to me. And then it says this, listen, and each of us needs all the others. We need each other. Then he goes on to say, you can read this by yourself later in that same chapter, he goes on to talk about how whatever your particular gift is, okay, and he actually lists some. He says, you ought to be doing that. Very simple. You ought to be using that in the church. And he says, hey, if you can teach, if your gift is to teach, you ought to be teaching. If you, if you can lead, if you have the gift of leadership, lead well. He says, if you have the gift of encouragement, man, you, you love to encourage people. You smile. You love people. He says, then do it. In fact, here's his point. He says, the church is a body, and just like your body, your physical body has a lot of different parts, you know, hands and eyes and ears and nose and and feet that make it grow and function, you have different gifts and talents and abilities and passions that make this body, our church, grow and function properly, and you ought to be using them. In fact, he basically says, that's why sometimes churches are weak, because the individual members and parts, you, aren't using their gifts and talents in the kingdom. So, you need a spiritual family in order to grow in your faith, to keep growing. But guys, that's not all. Let me give you another reason you need a spiritual family. It's because I need a place for healthy relationships, for healthy relationships. The church exists to help you make connections, to get connected with other believers. Now, the church doesn't exist for you to sneak in after the service has started and to be the first one to sneak out, okay? I know some of you do that, (laughs) okay? Now listen, again, that's okay in the beginning. It is, I mean, you're here, you're kind of checking things out, you're new to Coastal, we absolutely get that. But after a while, that's not good. It's not, it's not just not good for us. It's not good for you. Because we need each other. We belong to each other. We need relationships. And you need to connect with other believers. <clears throat> In fact, God is, I think, designed the church to be the antidote to loneliness, Now, it really sounds weird, especially today, that in today's connected world, how in the world can anybody be lonely? They actually have a name for it. Sociologists have a a scientific term for it. It's called crowded loneliness. It's this idea where, you know, literally you could be surrounded by, you know, depending on which city you live in, what community, you know, thousands, millions of people, and yet you feel all alone. Because you don't have any real connections. You don't have any meaningful relationships to help you get through life. And and here's the thing about loneliness. Man, it hurts. Because we weren't created by God to go through life alone. And then people, and this is so true, and I know some of you maybe are here, 
People will do almost anything to make that feeling of loneliness go away. Some people will turn to drugs and alcohol to numb the pain. But more times than not, I've, I've seen people, Christians, that will jump into unhealthy, bad relationships. They would rather be in a bad, unhealthy relationship than feel lonely. I've even seen people stay in an abusive relationship because they're afraid that if they get out of it, they'll be all alone and no one will be there. And the sad, sad reality is this. Most people don't think about the church as a place where you can go to defeat loneliness. A place where you can go and meet great people and find new relationships. So Coastal, let's change that. You know, let's change that perception. Let's be a church that's filled with grace. You know, that welcomes all people. No matter where they're at, no matter where they've been, no matter what they're doing. You know, I I want the church to be a place where people can come and, and truly connect, heart, soul connections, a place where people care about you and, and they want to see God's best for you and your life, a, a place where you can come and meet friends who, instead of tearing you down, man, they, they want to build you up. And I believe that all of those things and more happen here at Coastal, they happen in our life groups, they happen in our ministry. Psalm 68, 5 and 6 puts it this way. I'm talking about God. He's a father to the fatherless. Defender of widows. This is God, whose dwelling is holy. God places the lonely where? In what? In families. In families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. You see, the the reality is, guys, guess what? We were all orphans. We've all been adopted into his family. The church is a spiritual family. And one of the reasons we exist is, is this is God's anecdote for the world and for hopelessness and loneliness. It's a place where you can find those relationships that give you life, that are fun, that build you up. So we all need a place to grow. We all need a place for healthy relationships. And then let's look at one more. I need a place to belong to something bigger than myself. I need to belong to something bigger than myself. I think every one of us has that innate need. I mean, it's within our soul to to belong to something, to be a part of something that's significant, that's, that's bigger than we are. I think people are looking today for ways to invest their lives in in something that matters, that that will outlast us, that will leave a legacy for their children and their children's children and and for generations to follow. You know, strangely uh, speaking, I, I think that's why so many people today root fanatically for sports teams. Okay, myself included. Okay, I mean, think about this. We root fanatically for sports teams that we are literally not a part of Okay, we're not playing, you know, we're not participating, that we have nothing to do with, most of us did not graduate from those institutions, and we gain no tangible benefits from when they win. But what do we do? We go crazy, don't we? We do. Why? That's exciting. 
You know, it's fun to be a part of something that's, that's bigger than just us. It feels like we're a part of something. It, it feels like it brings significance, you know, to our lives. Again, why is that so important? Well, for one thing, by yourself, you see, you're limited. You're very limited. By myself, all alone, there is only so much that I can do. But, listen, when you're a part of something, that's bigger. When you're a part of a team, when you're a part of a spiritual family, you see, your part and, and your effort and your gifts and your talents and your passions, they get mixed in with my effort and her gifts and his talents and their passion, and then together all of that gets multiplied exponentially. And then together we're a part of, just like we sang earlier, we are a part of a move of God that has the potential to change a life forever, to change somebody's life for all eternity. And then that changed life has the potential to change a family, a family for generations to come, change the trajectory of that family for a lifetime. And then get this, those families, they can change an entire community. And then those communities change a culture. And then that culture changes a nation. And together, guess what we do? We turn the world upside down. And listen to me, that's what happened 2,000 years ago with the early church. And I believe it can still happen today. I believe in a move of God. Listen, I believe with all of my heart that there is nothing more that you and I can be a part of that's more significant, nothing bigger that you could give your life to than the church of Jesus Christ. We started this series with Matthew 16, 18. I want you to listen to it again. Jesus said this, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. That's how big the church is. That's how significant it is. You know, one of my favorite uh, stories is now the, the now legendary story of how back in 1983, Steve Jobs lured uh, John Scully, then the president of Pepsi, away from that company to come work at Apple Computers with this pitch. John, do you want to sell sugared water for the rest of your life? Or do you want to come with me and change the world. Listen, that, that is how I feel about the church. Let me tell you something. By comparison, by comparison, everything else this world has to offer is just sugared water. Apple computers, sugar water. Disney, sugared water. Anything that Hollywood might dream up or produce, sugar water. Let me tell you something else. Capitol Hill, sugar water. We, we together, we are a part of the only thing that will last for all of eternity and the gates of hell cannot withstand it. And in the process, we get to truly change lives and change the world because when you become a part, when you become a member of a local church, you become a part of something that is nearly 2,000 years old, something that has offices in every country, every nook and cranny around the world, something that 
that is significant, something that is eternal, and will not, and will not fade away. Now, let's get really practical and really personal for just a moment. I'm thinking about what you and I together can do right now to make an eternal difference. Easter. Easter weekend is just three weeks away. It is literally the biggest day of the year for Christians all around the world. As we remember and reflect on the most significant day in all of human history, when Jesus Christ gave up his life and God raised him from the dead so that you and I could have hope, so that we could have eternal life. Now here's what I want you to imagine. There really is no other day of the year when your friends, family, coworkers, neighbors are more possibly likely to come to church with you than on Easter. So imagine this. What if our church were to double in size over Easter weekend? Now, not just to fill the room, not just for numbers' sake, not just for you know, someone's ego, but what if we were to double with the majority of the people who came were people who did not have a personal relationship with Jesus or his local church family? On Easter weekend, we're kicking off a, a brand new series called This is Jesus. And I'm going to be talking about who Jesus is and what he came to do. And we're going to be laying out very, very clearly on that day what it means to be a follower of Jesus and why it's so important to have him in your life. And if you've got people in your life that you care about that, that don't know Jesus, you want to talk about a difference that you could potentially make, you bring them to church over Easter weekend and just see if God won't turn their life upside down because of that invitation. You see, together, all of us, you know, with the worship team and the greeters and, and coastal kids and security and cafe, man, we're all going to be together. We're all going to do our part to make it a, a special experience. And I am praying that we're going to have more people give their lives to Jesus over that weekend than we've ever seen before in the history of our church. But it takes all of us getting involved. It takes all of us praying and, and inviting because when we work together as a spiritual family, you see, when we really pray like we truly believe, it all depends on God. And then when in faith we work and invite and reach out like it all depends on us, let me tell you something, that's when a miracle takes place. That's when a miracle takes place. But here are the thing, miracles, those things don't happen in a vacuum. Those things only happen when you make a commitment to your spiritual family. In other words, it's not enough just to, keep, to keep hanging out on the fringes and, and to keep the church at, a, at an arm's length. At some point, you got to get involved. you got to go all in. So I want to ask you to make that commitment today. Will you move from being on the outside looking in, saying, oh yeah, sure, you know. When I go to church, Coastal, that, that's where the church I go to. 
to becoming a person who says, no. That's my church. That's my church family. It's not just the church I go to. That's, that's the place I belong. That's the, the family I'm a part of. I'm committed to it. They're helping me grow. I'm getting connected. It's, it's changed my life. And through them together, we are changing the world. Would you make that commitment? See, that's my hope and my prayer today for you. That if you haven't already, you begin the process to make Coastal your spiritual family. And that God would bless you and that he'll use you in powerful ways through this church. On the back of your Connect card today, I want to encourage you to sign up for our membership class. You know, where you finally, you know, stop kicking the tires, stop, stop living on the fringes, and make a commitment. You know, we're not going anywhere. God's moving in this place, and he's got a lot for us to accomplish here in Charleston and in, in, in this world. And we'd love for you to be a part of it. You can keep chasing after sugar water all you want to, it will never satisfy your soul. Be a part of God's family. We'd love for you to be a part of Coastal. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today I thank you for your word and I thank you for the church. Father, may we be the church you've called us to be. May we make an impact, make a difference, and share the good news of the gospel each and every week, here in this place, in our community, and around the world. Listen, if you're here today and you've not yet been adopted into God's family, listen, today's your day to come home. Pour out your heart to him right here and right now and say, God, I do believe. You have been drawing myself to this place and God, I've been wrestling and struggling with who I am and my purpose in life. And God, I know I've blown it. I've made more mistakes than I can count. I'm a broken person. And I bring all of that to you today. I want to come home. I believe. I believe that Jesus really is your son. I believe he went to the cross for me. I believe he rose from the dead and he is alive. And today, God, I ask him to come into my life to save me from my sins and to be my Savior and to be my Lord. And Father, for the rest of my days, I just want to follow him. I want to grow as we, we talked about today. I want to become more and more like you see me now, forgiven and brand new. And Father, for those that are here today who are already believers, and for those who are here who have kind of been on the fringe, been on the, kind of on the outside looking in, I pray today, God, um, that they would truly go all in and commit themselves to the local church, to Coastal. And Father, I pray that you would continue to move in mighty ways through us in this place, in this community, and in the world. We love you, and we pray this today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal, or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, Check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.